And here we are, MBM Podcast, episode 12. We're on episode 12. Wow. Alrighty. Tonight we're going to be talking to Frank Root from TLR. Uh, we're going to obviously talk about our race weekend as we raced. We don't have Mike with us right now. I don't know if he's going to show up later. I don't know. I think he fell asleep probably. More than likely. Yeah. So basically with that being said, we're kind of doing something a little different tonight. We're just going to uh, go ahead and call up Frank Root. Oh, wait, 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 wait. My phone. Uh, my phone's going off here. Uh, let's see here. Oh, it's official. Mike's sick in bed with a fever. Nice. This this just in. Breaking news. So it'll just be Jim and I tonight. So this should be a little entertaining. It's going to go all over the road because Jim doesn't keep me in line like Mike does. So uh, (laughs) this should be uh, pretty entertaining, I'm assuming. So with that being said, we're going to go for a quick break. And then we'll come back with Frank Root from TLR. So we'll be back right after this. Are you looking for a custom t-shirt, hoodie, pit mat, or even custom vinyl for your house or home? Look no further than Dutch Oven Designs. They take pride in giving you the highest amount of detail in your design that is possible. All this while offering their products at a reasonable cost. Dutch Oven Designs. Quality is just a standard for them. Okay, so we're back from a break. The world's shortest break. <laughs> that was maybe short. well for us it was I guess. Eh? Okay, Frank. Uh, thanks for chatting with us. Of course, uh, you know for those that don't know, maybe if you want to give us a uh, a background history of yourself and uh, what you've done up until this point. Sure. Uh, yes. Yeah. Thirty-two years old. Uh, live in Southern California. Started racing RC cars when I was about eleven. Um, got my first one when I was ten, and you know did it did it on and off, uh, but pretty regularly till about the time I was twenty, and then really started getting into it, racing multiple times a week, and um, getting pretty serious, and ran a lot through well, about twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty, and just been working on the development end of things uh, from then on through now. Oh, that's uh, so. You, have you been with TLR the entire time? I don't know. No, I haven't. I actually the, about the first 10 years i pretty much only raced uh oval asphalt and carpet oval and uh started racing on road um probably about 2001 and uh actually ran uh, associated cars and losi kind of back and forth and uh first first ran for x factory uh for a little while and then ran for associated for four years and then switched to uh, low C TLR in 2010. Oh, okay. So that makes a little bit more sense then. So with the on-road stuff, how do you manage to do that? Because I've watched some of those things, and they seem so ridiculously fast. Yeah, like I, I at first I was doing oval, and oval, uh, I mean, back then you were really limited by battery and motor technology. I mean, they were, they're, don't get me wrong, they're really fast, but they weren't kind of insanely fast. Right. Um, now the... You know, I still uh, actually do oval kind of as a side hobby, and uh, the open mod cars are insanely fast, um, really, really quick. And I race a little bit of touring car, and same thing with the motors you have now and the batteries. I mean, you're running like a 4.5 with some boost in it. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just, like, I don't know if, if you watch any, like, the ETS videos, modified touring car stuff. I mean, they're going, 
60 to 70 miles an hour down some of the straightaways. I mean, they're, they're putting chicanes coming on the straightaways to slow the cars down so that they don't go so fast that the tires pull apart. Wow. And I mean, they're belted tires. So <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it's so much fun to drive though. I mean, it's, um, it's just a blast to have that much power at your disposal and the cars handle it amazingly well. Thing is my, my eyes don't go that fast, you know, like it can barely follow, <laughs> follow it on YouTube. It's yeah, just, like I hadn't run touring car in maybe five years or so, and I, I ran for the first time about a month ago, um, modified touring car down at uh, the Tamiya track in Aliso Viejo, and man, I, I mean, going from, that was like the very start of brushless, and we were all running nickel cells still, um, and at the time, I think a lot of the racing was actually five-cell nickel cells, and now going to... A, you know, full stick lipo with a four or five and boost. I mean, it took me probably three packs to get comfortable just going down the straightaway. Nice. Uh, it had, you have so much speed and power that it's like, uh, you know, your street car, you feel comfortable driving at 80, but yeah. then somewhere around between like one and 120, not that I ever drive that fast, <laughs> you kind of get this like hair on the back of your neck, nervous feeling like you know you're going fast enough that you're kind of out of control. That's how mod touring car feels on the straightaway all the time. <laughs> just so it's just so like if somebody jumped the lane and ended up on the straightaway, I mean it's two yard sales. So, uh, Frank, your role there at TLR is still product manager. Yeah, yeah, I do um, product development with uh, you know it's a team team effort. I have a engineer that I work with, Mike Mellon, and and the category manager, kind of the, the guy that oversees all the TLR product is Todd Hodge. And my focus um, is really on the 22 platform. So mm -hmm. the uh, 22 2.0 was my first uh, full-blown kit for TLR that I, I product managed. And then subsequently the SCT 2.0 and the, the truck 2.0 and um, that just shipped and continue working on, on new ones that people don't know about yet. So, so if you don't mind, <laughs> can, can you go through a day in, in the life at work at, with uh, – with Frank Rude? Yeah, no problem. It's, um, it's a very long development process. I mean, it takes, uh, you know, anybody that's worked kind of on the back end of things, you know, it takes 12 to 24 months to come out with a, a race kit, depending on if you're doing a revision, if you kind of have the geometry in mind, if you have to do a lot of testing ahead of time, uh, if you're doing like a ground up platform. And during that time, you know, as a product developer, I always tell people I do everything, but I don't do anything. <laughs> so what I mean by that is, you know, we work as a team. We kind of come up with the concept of the car, what we want to test, how we kind of want to get it um, to, to generate at speed or to be easy to drive. Um, and then I kind of run with that and develop a plan for the project and, and arrange the prototype parts, but the engineer designs the parts. And then we kind of we get our geometry that we want to be the new vehicle and then the engineer uh, designs uh, the vehicle. And then I get that, and then I work with a vendor, uh, you know, to, to basically get the project going, to get, to get all the, the pricing calculated. I work with my purchasing agent to order it. I work with uh, a brand manager, which, which manages a lot of my marketing stuff. So I, I have my hands in everything, but I don't actually design the, you know, the 3D CAD. I don't actually do ads for the magazine or the box art. I don't actually place the POs to the vendor, but I kind of do, kind of do everything, but I don't necessarily do anything. 
So I like, it's it's kind of it's like the craziest thing to describe, but I guess that's the closest I can really get to it. So I'm working on anywhere from three to five projects at any given time at different phases, kind of overlapped in their development process. Um, and I've done a few RTRs, uh, kind of low C RTRs mixed in there as well. So it's not all all race kits, but uh, it just depends on what we have that week. Sometimes it's working, uh, trying to get a quote done and and putting the bomb together. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, I might get my, uh, my T1, you know, my, my first round of sample parts and I might be measuring all those out with, you know, the calipers and the other equipment that we have. I might be, uh, stickering up a body to do some, uh, professional photo shoots. So we have our good box art and web, uh, photos for our web content. Um, could be going to the warehouse to check out a new shipment and make sure all the bags weigh out correctly and nothing's missing and everything looks correct. So it's just kind of depends on what's going on that, that week, that day, what the, what the next project is and the priority. Uh, but it's all kinds of things, spreadsheets and emails and some track testing and kind of, it's a, it's a whole mix of a lot of things. Sounds like a busy day. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's, it's a, you really got to. Um, when you're working on five different things in five different phases, you really got to always know where you're at and where each project is at and what's next and what's, what's on a kind of a critical path to keep everything on time. And just, it's really a lot of, uh, time management and prioritization. And I work with, uh, you know, Todd a lot on that and make sure I have everything going forward in the, the correct direction and, and, uh, we try and get those products out right on time. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Probably so. So Frank, then if you kind of have your hand in each pot, doing this, doing that, did you have something to do with getting the first shipment of twenty-two T's, um, like air flight in, as opposed to on a cargo carrier? I did absolutely. That oh, was that. Uh, that was about a half of one of my days, just firing off emails and to the people that had to approve it, and doing a cost analysis and showing them that. You know, it definitely cost more to bring in air freight, but kind of showing them it was going to be worth our while. And we had a competitor with a similar product coming in at a similar time frame. So it's, uh, yeah, that definitely had a hand in that. It was one of my projects. So I was, I was all over that one for that. We all know who he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. I'm not naming names. <laughs> I Actually, I have a question. I have to get it off my mind because yeah. I've been thinking about it. When I go to the racetrack, and there's young kids there, and they see me with my short course truck. You, you know, their mouth is on the floor. Like, I don't want to brag here, Matt, but mm-hmm. people are like, it's oh, okay. my God. You can barely hear it. It drives so smooth. You can't even hear it. And then when I give the kid the controller and he drives it, the kid's mouth's wide open. And I just thought I'd tell you that the truck is dialed, and I thank you for that. You, I know you had a big hand in it, but I thank you for that. And every kid, I forget their names now. But sure enough, they, they they would show up with a Losi truck. Yeah, you know, that's awesome. Man. Oh, I'm telling you. Well, and of, yep. cor- of course, Jim gets every u- upgrade part for them. So yeah, you know, when they do break the plastic parts, it's like, oh yeah, Jim's like, oh, I got a couple of those. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a like, uh, it's really like a group effort, you know. I, I uh, you know I do have a hand in the testing and the R and D, but so do our team drivers. Um, and we we have a couple of people that we rely on to provide more of kind of a you know, a sportsman stock, uh, kind of perspective on things. Cause you know, I could drive 
kind of something maybe that isn't working perfect and just kind of chalk it up to the tracks loose or, you know, whatever's going on. My set of tires isn't perfect or, you know, just kind of drive around it. And so can, you know, Uriah Dakota dust and all these guys. But when you have something and you kind of think it's good and you give it to uh, somebody who's at a skill level where they really aren't going to mask up any kind of errors, uh, that's when you really see what the car is really doing. I mean, you'll see if it pushes, you'll see if it's loose, you'll see if it doesn't land well for them. And, you know, they're not going to hit every downside, for example. So we try to mix that in. You know, obviously we we want our cars to be able to win at the highest level, but also having them, you know, easy to drive and comfortable and forgiving um, and good for people that don't have a lot of experience, like the kids you're handing the radio to, is it's really important for us as well. We think we've had a really good mix of those two things with the last few releases that we've had. Mm-hmm. Well, with the short course truck, it's easy to drive. When you take off from a jump, it lands like it just floats down. You know, when people see that, and I've been told that too at, the, at our racetrack, that your truck's different compared to all the other trucks. And then I always come up with stories like I used to have that same truck and I could not get that chuck wagon to do a thing until mm-hmm. I got rid of it and I got a TLR short course truck. I chalked that up to your hillbilly <laughs> well, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I was just starting racing, so there was a lot of hillbilly mods to it to make it better, <laughs> end quote, you know? Yeah. But once well, I got the TLR truck, oh, man, it was like, you know, I skyrocketed. Not to the top, still not at the top yet, but I'm close. Yeah, okay, okay, Mr. Sandbagger. <laughs> I watched you yesterday. Ah, uh, well, that was a whole different thing. Taking time, letting the guy stay up to you. <laughs> For you guy. Just to show off now. No, I have to say all your all your vehicles for the most part have been uh pretty on the money. You know, you de- you take the time and and the fit and finish of of the Losi product is is nice, I'm not going to lie. I can admit that. Yeah, we think we uh We've worked hard on it. Uh, we've paid really close attention to it. Um, I think we have kind of, um, you know, we, we have a very high quality for dollar ratio. You know, it's kind of like if you want to, uh, I guess a good word is value, right? For what our street price is on our kits versus the quality of the kit that you're getting in the box, the durability of it, the performance. I think we have that that best value ratio going um and it's not always you know you can be the cheapest you can be the the most expensive you can you know it's kind of finding finding the right balance of all those things i think we've gotten gotten kind of you know kind of nailed that lately to be honest so if we're definitely you know there's a a particular brand out there who's gone a little bit of a a lower cost route um but you know that's kind of one way to get to it but we like for our, our consumers not to have to buy too many uh, hop-up tuning option parts to kind of get it up to race level, you know. So it's just trying to find the balance, and we feel pretty good about the balance we have right now. You know, Frank, you're you're pretty uh, – you're being a nice guy. You're not naming names or anything. Well, you know, I, I think try to think of, you know, if they're on the podcast. I like when they don't name names. So <laughs> it's kind of a, you know, treat others as you'd like to be treated. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, ultimately, there's a competitive landscape, right? And there's really three major brands that compete for that electric off-road market share. And we've taken three different approaches on how to get there. And, um, you know, I personally, I think ours is kind of the best. You know, I think, 
if you go to any given race, we have the best chance to win in any class. Um, you know, that's kind of my personal opinion. I'm sure other people's opinions are different. But, I mean, if you see what we've done with our results since, you know, since we got Ryan on the team. I was just going to say that. There really hasn't been very many races where we haven't been right at the front in competition for the win, if not winning the race. Kind of uh, maybe Cactus Classic as the exception in two-wheel drive. But we still won three out of the five modified classes at that race. So it's not like we had a terrible weekend. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Mayfield's been on fire. And it's... Uh, it's been nice it's been to nice see, him see him doing so doing well. well. You're getting feedback there. Yeah, unfortunately yeah. it happens. You change a few things to make things better, and they don't get better. Anyway, Frank, uh, I'd also like to add up to something stuck, that's stuck in my brain again. Sure. Is, uh When I first got into racing there, to find things out that I didn't know about, like uh, shock oils and which one to do, I, w- I went to YouTube, and... There was some TLR drivers that posted videos on how to, you know, uh, build a diff or or how they do their shocks. If I could make a suggestion, if you could get more drivers to do more videos, I think that would be awesome. You know, if if a Ryan Mayfield did his shocks and this is how he he does his shocks, that video would just blow up, in my opinion. (laughs) I could be wrong, but... What do you think about that? Well, I think it's great. I mean, it's um, it's definitely something that we try to do as often as we can. Um, sometimes it's just the you know time limitation thing. Um, so usually Kevin Gahan works with the team drivers to get those videos made, and he's taken on some new responsibilities at the start of this year, which really kind of limited his time for that sort of thing, but. We definitely have a list of things that we'd like to get on the table. It's just a matter of uh, finding the time and getting them up. So, you know, between Ryan and Dakota and Dustin, we have three guys that have are super seasoned race drivers, and they have lots of great tips and tricks. And mm-hmm. maybe add a few in for myself or Todd. You know, the other you know kind of guys behind the scenes. And yeah, I think think uh, I think we're due for a few new ones. So I'll definitely send myself a note about that and see what we can make happen. I'd love to I, see it. Jim likes that kind of stuff. Oh, I'm, I'm right into that, you know. Oh, hey, I went to you for shock oil suggestions when I started racing. Yeah, I was like, well, this is how this guy does it. And yeah. Sure enough. Now I just kind of wing it. Yeah, it seems about <laughs> right. And then I don't write it down. And then when I do blow up a shock, it's like, um. What was in there again? Hmm. Well, it's I not- only have four in my work in my toolbox. So it's got to be one of these four. Well, the, the trick is, with TLR cars at least, all the shock caps are hard anodized. So they ha- all have that kind of uh, light tan color to them. You just take a black Sharpie and write the shock oil number underneath the bleeder screw when you put the shock on the car, put it on the inside so it's not getting kind of wiped off. And you go to take your shocks apart, you know what oil's in there. See? Right there. Learn something new every day. I did not know that. that. That's yeah, and the hurt. black sharpie comes off like in one wipe with a shot of motor spray, so super easy to to do. Should be a video about that <laughs> right there. There, there you go. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. I'm not. Yeah, like I said, I'm not. I can't say that I'm not a TLR fan. It's just I've I've only ever had the other brand. Yeah, it, it's one of those things. It's everybody kind of starts with one and, and 
especially back, you know, 10 plus years ago, there were really only kind of two brands unless you go way back and then you kind of maybe started with like a Tamiya. Um, but yeah, it's kind of that whole, you know, you have your, uh, Ford versus Chevy, and then you kind of have Kyosho coming in as the Dodge, you know, kind of the third party. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're kind of a little, becoming a little bit more on an even playing field. I mean, the um, everything's becoming more global. Uh, so, you know, but it, it's, some people kind of have like a natural, you know, association with a brand. Um, but like myself, for example, my first car was... Uh, made by the other guys and I ran you know mostly those cars for uh, probably still the majority of my years racing but once I had the chance to come over and, and run the low C cars uh, that at that time it was low C cars before the TLR cars started kind of coming out uh, they really just fit my my driving style uh, I really liked the fit and finish and the quality I thought it was um, you know, probably better than what I'd been running in the past. And I really like the atmosphere on the team and kind of the, you know, the mode of the company and where, where things were going. And, and, you know, I just, I, I really enjoyed my racing there. Cars drive really well for me. Uh, being involved with the development definitely obviously increases that enjoyment. And, you know, so I, I went from one side of the fence to the other just because my experience has kind of changed my mentality on it. So it's not, you know, a lot of some guys have, you know, they started one place and that doesn't mean they always are going to end up there. But like for me, you know, I changed. So you still got a shot, Matt. Well, I don't know. Maybe Jim, maybe Jim will let us let me let me drive one of his or something. I don't know. Every time he hands me the controller to his 224, I'm afraid I'm going to break it. And it's not a knock on the 224 yeah. being a little fragile. It's just I tend to... Uh, he if you, doesn't it, want to see me cry. That's, well, that's, that's why. If you put the controller in my hand, be prepared for me to drive it like I drive my own. That's all I'm going to say. That's the only way to drive things. Unfortunately. You can feel for it if you don't go for it. Well, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, sometimes that tends to be on the ragged edge of uh, ridiculous. <laughs> so, Frank, what's the next big thing in uh, the TLR world that you're working on? If oh, you could tell I, us, I wish I could talk about that. I I know you guys are. We've we've tried this question before with Dakota. Oh, Fend. he gave us nothing exactly because I questioned about the SCTE 3.0 pictures that were floating around on the internet, and he's yeah. <laughs> no, no, no SCTE 3.0. I mean, we we basically that we just more or less got a brand new 2.0 or a mostly new 2.0. We um, we moved that from from one place of production to another. Uh, and we moved it to a place that we think has a lot higher quality. So I think people that are getting the kits that are in stock now that have been coming in will will find that their build experience and their their uh, parts kind of um, reliability, maybe not durability because the parts never really broke before, but how long they last I think will be improved. The fit and finish will be better. So the, the truck's on-track performance really – um, not that we're not always trying to improve things, but it really, we haven't found a whole lot to make a, to make a substantial improvement on it. And we did just come out with a minus three millimeter chassis, which has kind of helped the, uh, the balance a little bit, gets the truck in and out of turns a little bit better. But for the most part, I mean, we think it's still generally a truck to beat. So it's been good. True. Can't argue with that. 
It is the truck to beat. I can't remember the last time Dakota didn't win a race with that thing. Yeah, I I want one so bad. I don't have one, but Matt's got the other brand and he's dominating our our carpet racing with it. So yeah. I think I need to get get one. It does good on you know what? It's I'm fast. not gonna lie. I'm not gonna take it out on well maybe on like a a clay track something like RC Clubhouse. I'd probably race it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anything other than that, something where it's not kind of like a cactus situation where there's a good amount of grip and uh, fairly fairly smooth surface, I don't, yeah. I just don't see it being able to hang with them. It's it's too light. You know what I mean? It, it's nice that it's light on carpet because it's fast, and I don't need a ridiculous power system in it. But, yeah, I just, I can't see it hanging with the Technos and the, the, the TLRs, and the, mm-hmm. it just gets beat up. They look at it the wrong way. I go off the track. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Frank, when when was the last time you raced in a competitive atmosphere? I should say. Um, well, I just ran. Let's see. Back in February, I ran at the J Concepts uh, Winter Nationals. I think it's our first one's the winter in uh, St. Louis at Smack Track. Mm-hmm. And how'd you do? Um, I I little bit of luck involved and generally it wasn't good for me um actually let's see i finished sixth in truck uh qualified third finished sixth had a little bit of a rough main and um two-wheel buggy and four-wheel buggy had a little bit less luck um and finished in the c and b so um it wasn't that i didn't have the pace it was just uh i i made mistakes mm-hmm. so they run uh like out on the west coast most of the tracks here we run pvc piping okay and you know if you make a mistake you know if you turn in sometimes you get stuck on the pipe but generally you just kind of bounce off of it and you lose time but you're kind of able to keep going so your general habit is to kind of push the limits because it's really easy to gain some time and uh at smack track they use corrugated piping and it's just a it it makes the tracks look a lot nicer it gives you a lot more flexibility especially when you have small spaces Mm -hmm. but if you get close to the pipe and you kind of get it it'll grab you and kind of turn you around. Um, and I just am not used to driving on tracks like that. And I was too aggressive around the pipes and you hook an extra pipe or two per run over a race weekend and you're not going to finish as high as you'd like to. And so I've yeah. been there. I've been single there. lap pace was good though. Well, look what I did yesterday. Practice laps before we started the first qualifier for two wheel drive buggy there. I decided to, see how fast I could go through that second little short straight and well yeah met a met a broken rear arm explosion <laughs> uh oh well it kind of worked out I think to my advantage they kind of ran out of time uh, uh where we were racing yesterday so they went from running the first set of qualifiers to straight to the mains but they did uh 8 minute mains with bump ups so obviously I had to start in the B main two wheel drive buggy at that point I'd put hard arms on the rear cuz I had them or the stock so i said whatever i'll put the hards on see what happens i managed to i don't know how i managed to do it i managed to somehow win the b main bump to the a and then managed to win the a main too and it was like one of those ones where it's like okay did that really just happen like even jim was saying like what did you do did you put like an eight and a half turn motor in your car or something like (laughs) it was a fast track i must say yeah it was fun lots of fun perfect but yeah, that, and we know what you're talking about with that PVC pipe, yeah. Because that's what the track we race on is all lined with, and the best part about it is, is there's connectors sometimes, right, that hold mm-hmm. them to get. Oh, God. 
Yeah, and they all have, you know, PVC versus corrugated pipe. I mean, you have your kind of pluses and minuses on both of them. Um, it just takes a little different mentality when you're racing on one versus the other in terms of, you know, pushing your track limits versus playing a little more safe. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I ran there. I ran, uh, did a club race up at Coyote Hobbies, done a couple club races at OCRC, uh, kind of as I have the time. So, um we got a got a little bit of testing I've done lately, so I've gotten some track time there, and just uh, you know, don't get to race quite as much as I used to. Really, isn't a, a work thing; it's just a family thing. You know, I have a, a two and a half year old now. Oh yeah, so you're, you're busy. <laughs> yeah, don't want to miss every weekend with him. And then my uh, my my family just purchased our first new home, so moving in and. Uh, kind of going through that whole process has definitely soaked up a lot of time in the last six to eight months and do a little bit of uh on-road and oval racing kind of in between and my calendar stays pretty full yeah I, I hear you on that one we my wife and i bought our house and we've got two little ones uh, i think it was three years ago now and yeah i know oh boy moving i'm never doing it again if we are i'm hiring movers this time yeah. yeah. Uh, well, just, I mean, the process of finding a home and then going through the uh, all the processes of buying it and the ridiculous amounts of paperwork and um, we're having some flooring done and going through all that packing and we got the move going later this week. So, yeah, we're we're pretty strapped for time lately, but it's, uh, it's going to be all worth it pretty soon. You mean with all the paperwork that you have to sign at work, you don't have a rubber stamp with your name on it yet? I oughta. Come on. I, I <laughs> contemplated doing it when we bought our house. I'm like, geez, I think I should order one of those rubber stamps on my signature. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, they have uh, they have some sites now where you can do some kind of web signing on stuff, which saved a lot of time. But still, a lot of a lot of time goes into it. That's, that's nifty. See, this is the guy that gets to see all the stuff before everybody else does. He's lucky. Yep. He's got to send us some pictures of the secret stuff. That won't happen. I know Probably lots not. of secret stuff. Trust me. I don't know. Are you aware of Tim Smith? Yeah. Yeah. I've been actually co-hosting a podcast with him now for a little while. And, you know, it's been nice to get to know him and, and you know, kind of be trusted by him. And, man, sometimes some of the stuff he tells me within the industry just makes my mind explode. It's like, I can't believe that. <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of one of those things. It's the, the perception versus the reality. You know, a lot of people... Um, maybe don't understand everything behind the, you know, behind the curtain. Um, but I don't know if everyone should, it's kind of one of those things where, um, if everybody knew everything, then there'd be kind of nothing special to it. And, uh, true. It's like Christmas, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. More or less. I don't know. It's hard to describe. It's it's uh, it's Christmas for me when I see a new kit. Yeah, know, yeah. My eyes light up. Well, well, exactly. But if you knew if you knew it was coming, you know, eighteen yeah. months ago, you wouldn't be that excited no, for you. You'd be no. mad about waiting. So we get you know we we announce a kit early due to whatever circumstances. It's a holiday. We want to announce it or uh, competitive product or we need to race it at a race so people are going to know about it anyway. So we kind of get the word out there early and people don't don't like that because they have to wait you know three months to get it even if it stays on track right it's still oh why do they keep us waiting but then 
you know, we don't see anything early. And people are, hey, how come nobody's letting us know about this early? And then you announce it. It's like, oh, you guys didn't give us any notice. I just bought one of the, you know, 1.0 versions. And, it's, <laughs> you know, it, you know, catch 22, right? Right. So well, we just try to try to make the best decision on every project, um, given all the circumstances and variables. So. Well, I remember Jim wanted a stadium truck so bad. He actually bought a roller off of a friend of ours, but a 22 SCT roller. Mm-hmm. And then he ordered the chat, like the plate. He ordered everything he needed to convert that roller over to a stadium truck. <laughs> and then what did I do this weekend? Yeah, then you sold it this weekend. I sold it this weekend because <laughs> I want the new 2.0 stadium truck. <laughs> oh, geez. That's Jim's dedication. That's right. I'm not willing to do it. that. I have to have it, right? It's it's the next it's be- logical. It's better step. in every way. You're gonna need it next year because when I show oh, up with my new yeah. toy, it's on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> <laughs> well, Frank, yeah. of course, we want to thank you for chatting with us. You know, it means a lot to us to have uh, people from within the industry take time out to talk to you know regular Joes like ourselves. You know, the the monthly racer where we live. Yeah. So, it's uh. Yeah. It's always it's fun, and, and you know, anytime TLR has anything, uh, you know, if you want to chat with us, and or maybe even do like just a special one-off uh, episodes, we're kind of starting to dabble in that a little bit now, where we do one-offs. Uh, we did one with Brandon Rody there a little while ago, and stuff like that, where it's just we talk about something specific and and bring it to the masses. Um, you know, hit me up. You know, I had fun. I appreciate your time, and uh, I'm gonna ask you for actually two things. If you got to give a new racer one tip or one piece of advice what would it be um that's pretty 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 common one that i give out is to, to give yourself as much quality practice as you can so practicing on bald tires when the track's not good and your shocks are blown out and you're so tired you can't think straight and you're you know you're running yeah you, know, you know 20 minutes into a battery pack instead of 10 that's just bad practice so more practice is good, but only if it's good practice. You know, make sure your car's in good working order. Make sure your tires are decent. They don't need to be brand new, but make sure they're not in bad shape. You know, make sure the track is properly prepped and keep your practice sessions to maybe like a maximum 15 minutes, but usually usually 10. You know, you're not racing 20 minutes, so don't bother practicing that long. And just get yourself good quality practice. You know, if you're gonna sauce your tires for racing, sauce them for practice that sort of thing and, and that's the fastest way to get quick that's a good one yeah. that's a good one I, I always love getting that tip from the from the pros because it's sometimes you overlook something like that mm-hmm. you know that, that's awesome okay so the last thing i ask of everybody is just to give us you know uh, i'm frank root from tlr and you're listening to the mbm podcast i'm going to cut it out and i've already got a big mashup that i keep adding to now <laughs> Hi, this is Frank Root from TLR, and you are listening to the MBM Podcast. Frank, did you ever think about applying for, like, voiceover work or something? No. <laughs> You're no. Pretty, pretty good at that. I talk a lot. People, <laughs> that was people his radio voice right there. That was his radio voice. <laughs> he turned it on. <laughs> well, I won't hold you up any longer. I know you got other things that you got to get done today. And, again, we appreciate you talking with us, Frank. So, like I said, the door's always open if you ever want to chat. All right. Well, hey, hey, thanks, Matt. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me on, and uh, really appreciate the opportunity to come visit on the podcast here. And uh, have a great day, and 
yeah, I'm, I'm game to come on whenever you guys want me. Cool, cool. We'll probably hit you up for that a little bit more. I'm sure Mike probably had a few questions for you, but that kid was always getting sick. Poor thing. Yep. I'm going to have to buy him a bubble. <laughs> we'll buy him a bubble and put TLR stickers on the outside of it. Now you ain't talking. Sick boy from Van Wilder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, before I let you go, I got to tell you what this guy over here sitting to my left does all the time to my cars. Uh -oh. is I'll walk away and they'll be sitting there on the table, and this guy will sneak TLR stickers on the bottom of my chassis all the time. Inside the body, everywhere. Everywhere you can put them. I love it. Well, yeah. that. but here's the better part I don't take them off, I leave them on and I race with them on there. They're good luck. Yeah. You I want to see some. I want to see some photos on Facebook. Tag me up in that. I want to. I want to check that out. Okay, I'm gonna pull them out of the bin when we take this break. You'll be seeing them in a couple minutes. Awesome. Okay. Sounds awesome. Awesome, Frank. You have yourself a good night, eh? Okay. We'll catch you later. Ciao. Ciao. Here's an interview. Frank Root. Done. That was good. That was good. I kind of like these little bit shorter interviews. You know, uh, when we're just kind of asking simple questions and stuff like that, not getting too too detailed. Yeah. It is better, I must say. Yeah, it's nice. So I guess we're going to take a break. We'll take some pictures. Yep. Send them to Frank. And then we'll come back and we'll talk about our race weekend. Nice. Minus Mike. So I guess we can trash talk him. Can we trash talk him, Jim? Like a wrecking ball. Yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to come back from break with that song, I think, actually. We'll be back right after this break. Oh, i got to find the button. There it is. Cow RC. The radio-controlled maintenance king since 2008. Providing the RC community with the world's best pit mats, park trays, performance aerosols, and much more. Through smart design, superior performance, and 100% made in the USA, Cow RC products are a real value. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Follow Cow RC on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or order direct at cowrc.com. Save 10% with code IMOVE. That's code I-M-O-O. -O. CowRC. Maintenance King. Wait a minute. That's not what I said I was coming back with. Hang on, I gotta fix this problem. We kissed, I fell under what? <laughs> no one could I forgot to come in with this. Don't you ever say What's wrong with me? We gotta, Mikey, the stove's anthem. We gotta here. get it to the hook, though. I He's gonna hate us. <laughs> He should have not had a fever then, I guess. Wait for it. Here it is. Oh, 
Oh, we're back from that little break. Yeah, okay, I screwed up. I wanted to come back in with that, but I think that worked a little better. That was good. That was good. <laughs> That's why it was so long with our regular intro. I had to go and find yeah. it quick. But we're back, and we're going to talk about this past weekend of racing. Yeah, our racing. Our racing. That's right. Which was awesome. It was lots of fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Do we want to start off right, right at the beginning? Okay, here's... Um, yeah, yeah, no, no, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Anyway, what I love about racing is usually we go to the McDonald's in the morning, you know, wife's iron around, I make a pig of myself, and then I know there's eight hours of racing ahead of me. Life is good. You're, you're texting or sexting. Yeah, uh, no, I got to, hang on, I got to, dang it, too much stuff going on here. What were we talking about again? Racing, our racing. Our racing. Well, I, I got there early. Doors open at 8 o'clock. So I got there like 10 to. I sat in my car with all my equipment, and it's just loaded up with, you know, all my toys and all that. What kind of car do you drive, Jim? I have a Scion IQ. It's about 10 feet long, (laughs) if that. So everything's in there, and (laughs) and I got the old country tunes on. The the sun's shining down. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Maybe not to other people listening, but to me, I was like, you know what? This is nice. And then you guys showed up, and then uh, it was on. It was on like Donkey Kong. It was good fun. Oh, yeah. I actually like where we pitted too. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. It was kind of perfect. We right. didn't, we weren't uh, too too crowded in. I think me and you took up a majority of the space, but you know, oh, we're big, yeah. A- as we joked with Mike, it's like it doesn't matter anyway. I end up fixing all Mike's cars anyway. Yeah. So what space does he need other than the charts and batteries? We should pit there again. I I uh, vote on it. Yeah, it's not a bad space. I I liked it. Track liked stand it. was like right there. Boom! You turn around and you're up. Yeah, that was really sweet. You took your car, tossed it there, yep. and and we were right by one of the set of doubles. So me, what I was smart about is I set my car down in the dip because it was very unlikely that somebody was coming through that close to the piping yeah. that slow. So it was a beautiful spot to, to take off from. True, true. Garbage can right there, all our junk. Yeah, it was kind of perfect. Yeah. yeah. It was. Really, actually, now that you think about it, it, it was super awesome. We had the best spot to pit, I think. Yeah. Before, I was in the corner, which is okay, you know, because then you can hide away, right? Not too many people asking questions. But then again, it's nice to just get up on the track stand real quick if if need be. Yeah. I like the track too, believe it or not. I was kind of concerned because I didn't get any practice on Saturday evening like I normally do on it. Yeah. Um, no, but the I, track I, was good. The, yeah. the crew that worked on the track there, of course, I know who the people were, and they did a bang-up job. Can't complain about that. I love the crossover. Yeah, that was good. It yeah, kind of worked. Was good. Yeah. yeah, the landing too. I like the landing with that, uh, uh, like a that whatever it is that sli- slick stuff that actually has a hoard of grip on it. Yeah, you know the stuff you'd see in like a shower or, wh- or whatever it's called. I think it's, it's fiberglass or you know. It's similar to that. Like it's almost like a fiberglass sheet or something like that. It's got so much grip on it. It's ridiculous. It does once it once the the SXT gets on it. I don't even think with that. Just I didn't put any on my tires at all. And there's times I would land on it, and you'd hear my tires chirping. Yeah. Because I was pushing, I just I had an I I had a great race day yesterday. I loved it. Uh, of course, I had new tires on both of my buggies. So I did too. I had the same ones. Did you on both of them or just the one? Just on the one the four by four buggy. I yeah. Had the uh, the chain, AKA chain links. Chain links. Yeah. I love those tires. Clay compound. Yeah. Which uh, you know mine. Well, look, mine's sitting right there. Yeah. You can hardly tell there's a day race day on them. Really. Mine. Mine got some side. Grip issues there on in the mains, 
whether it was temperature and the carpet changed, I, I don't believe in that, but uh, apparently I have to now because the proof was there. I was doing a lot of bicycling. Of course, I'm, I'm trying to push it, right? Trying to keep up the mat, but he's just lapping me there like a... That was one of the greatest. Who were we racing with? Um, what race was it in is the better question. I can't remember which race it was, but it was one of the races, and it's, uh, you know, the announcer's naming off all the things, and he's like, yeah, and uh, so-and-so's down two laps, and then he goes, as I'm coming up behind him, he goes, how have you gotten me down two laps? And as I pass him, I'm like, uh, just like that. <laughs> just get <kidding. laughs> Oh, it was, it was good fun, though. It was good fun. Yeah, the, sh the short course truck was on fire. Your 4x4 truck was fast. Yeah, all my stuff for once. For once, I finally had some great um, driving on my two-wheel drive buggy. I've been fighting that thing tooth and nail all season, and turns out it's been tires the whole time. And I'm not trying to knock them, but yeah, i got to stop drinking the tire Kool-Aid and thinking everybody else has the secret running a different kind of tire than I was. Because if I would have stuck to my guns, I would have been running chain links from the beginning of the year. There was only one time my two-wheel drive buggy was dominant, and that was the beginning of the season where I was beating that Mr. Joel guy. Mm -hmm. Beat him. Beat him. Yeah. Proudest day of my whole life. That's why he stopped coming. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how, but then the next race, back at the pack at the B-Main, and I didn't touch the thing. I put it on a shelf. I don't know how or why. I'm still working that out. But, yeah, two-wheel drive buggy's been a... They're day. pretty fickle. You know what? I had my, my RB5 pretty dialed in yeah. when I decided to buy the B5M. Um, the first race I had with the B5M wasn't at our local track. It was down at Casey's, um, and it drove really well for me, other than the fact that it had a little bit of uh, on-power push, as I call it, so it was really pushing through the corners. I had to really get off of it to get it to, to rotate, but it drove pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, I've worked that issue out now, of course, thankfully to Tim Tunnerman from associated you know sent mike and i a kit set up and well not a kit set up but a setup for carpet and i put it for you guys oh man money well you tell me did it work yesterday yeah it was working kinda, yeah kind of whatever yeah. whatever kind of wish <laughs> i had how many laps and stuff i got in there i'm gonna have to try and remember to grab that stuff before i leave the track next time speaking of tires apparently next year yeah oh yeah Foams. foam tires in the uh buggy classes at least yeah so two wheel drive and four wheel drive so Stop buying your chain links, I guess. Because where else we run at Casey's? Casey's, they're foam as well. Casey's foam, so. Yeah. I'll hang on to them. I'll keep them around. You know, you never know when we'll uh, go to somewhere like Clubhouse or CD Hobbies where you're going to need, you know, a set of clay tires. Now, on a side note, the guy from Banana Skins, how's that all work? Can you send him rims? No. Or, or do you tell him what you want? You tell him what kind of rims you want and what they're for. So if you want DE racing rims, you can like, say, I want DE racing rims for a 224, and he'll make them to spec. Like to like he'll get the rim, mm -hmm. he'll mount your foam up and then then send them out. So what you could do is you could always contact him and say, could you send a set on blah 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 to Casey for, you know, yeah. Jim, blah blah blah. I don't want to, yeah. Slaughter my last name, Buchanan, Buchanan. What is it? Buchanan. Buchanan. Okay. Yeah. See, I do say it right. I know. But uh, yeah, so that's what he'll do if you want to do it that way. Well, I'm gonna have to. What What did you break on your two two four? What the heck was that part? The, uh, not the, uh, oh, it's got a name, I'm sure. Not the servo, you know, the, the link that goes to the, to the other part. Yeah. To the drive. That, there's an arm there. There's it's an arm there. Plastic. That, okay. And uh, Casey 
at Casey Hobbies had the techno, not the techno, but the Exotech. Exotech version in blingy bling part. Yeah, aluminum. Gold so, aluminum, wasn't it? I love gold. Yeah, that's what you do. I was <laughs> saying that. Doing. I was saying that all night. When we come home, I go upstairs, go to bed. I'm like, I love gold. <laughs> it's gold colored. Yeah, but yeah, no, it then fixed the problem. Did it I, drive straight for you after I went and tried to, yes, it, to it straighten did. it? Okay, it did. Yeah, no, it was a tire issue. Whether things change temperatures or whatever, but. Mike and I talked about that this morning a bit when we were talking, and we wonder if that had a lot to do with the grip issues going away. But the thing is, not everybody had grip issues all winter. I had maybe too much grip. Those chain links were, like, I had acceleration beyond. Did you see my my four-wheel drive short course truck? Yeah. I was putting that thing up on two wheels. Like, four-wheel drive short course trucks, for the most part, aren't supposed to pull wheelies that easy. (laughs) No, like there's a wall ride that we have, which was we should talk about the wall ride. Yeah, that was fun. But you'd carve that thing out, and then you go in that straightaway before the roundabout and jump. Yeah. I tell you, you get a lot of speed right there. Oh yeah, especially if you were like uh, a few people that were watching the two wheel drive buggy had said to me, you know, I'd pass some people underneath and cut it real tight, and it was like literally like that. How quick? Like yeah. it was just poof, I was gone. Yeah. I was even shocked. Like you know, I had such a good time yesterday racing. And I was so happy. Like, I was kind of down a bit because I broke practicing before our first heat for two-wheel drive buggy. Um, and due to time constraint issues, you know, it ended up being we only ran the one set of qualifiers. And, of course, go figure in the other qualifier for four-wheel drive buggy, uh, the computer crashed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that one didn't count either. Um, and then you go into the, um, well, we ran four-wheel drive short course truck. There yep. wasn't any hiccups with that. That was nice. But then from those set of qualifiers, we go right into mains. Now, they did eight-minute mains with bump-ups, which was nice to give guys like myself in particular um, an opportunity to get into the A-main. And I, I kind of said that. I said, no, no, no. If we're going straight to mains, you have to put bump-ups in. And I'm going to admit it. It's because I want a chance to get into the A. Mm-hmm. Um, and that worked out to my advantage. Sure I, I managed to take first in the B-main of two-wheel drive buggy and then... I didn't think I was going to come from second last out of, what, nine buggies? Well, you were driving like you stole it. Oh, I was, it was on <laughs> fire. And it, you know what? It helped that Maverick had a little bit of competition from, uh, I think, Jason from Sudbury. Yeah. He was giving him a bit of a good run there because I think he was out front of Maverick, so Maverick was trying to chase him down. When he got caught up, those two were battling, which gave me more than enough time to catch up and well, uh, get by them. I, I was marshalling when Maverick was uh, in the qualifying dot in my class but uh, he was having troubles with the uh, wall ride mm-hmm. he said it was too far away from me he couldn't see he said he's got to get new uh Gla- yeah compass. that's that's what he was saying he I was mean, struggling with his buggies yeah. and, and he did it like f- like three times in a row and then missed one and then he get it he get it again so something was up i was like what the heck this guy <laughs> but it was far away i guess it's a big track i wear glasses so i don't have an excuse yeah no i'm i'm perfect just like my guess what didn't happen to me my hands didn't go numb. Oh, there you go. I've been going to my chiropractor, having acupuncture, acupuncture for it. I got a little bit, little bit numb in the first uh, eight-minute uh, two-wheel drive buggy B main, right near the very end. But then it didn't come back in any of the other mains, which was beautiful and golden. Yeah. I can't or believe how many four-wheel drive short course trucks we had. I know. I wish I had mine there. I would have put the I, hurt I, on you. <laughs> I wish you would have brought yours because I went to I I sat. <laughs> At that table behind us Must for about three him. hours <laughs> the day after those races and said, uh, 
this isn't happening again. I'm not letting Jim beat me. And you know what? Uh, it made a noticeable difference. That thing ran pretty smooth. I still don't have shocks for mine. Yeah, you sold your stadium truck. Yeah. With the shocks on it. Yeah. So I got to go on eBay to get it. So what's the plan? Are you, So you're not going to be making Casey Spring Fling next weekend? No, but I'm going to give you guys money, and you're going to pick me up a, a stadium a, truck. A 22T? Yeah. Ooh. So before we leave, are you going to be at the spring? Uh, have to contact Casey about that. He's got to save it for me. Okay. Are we going to be? A, are you going to be at the spring classic for? You got our, the, our, the 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 oh, CRC Car Club. Miss it. Wait for the world. I'll be there. Okay. I wasn't sure. I think my wife kind of overheard you talking. Um, well, we, the wife and I. We got we got some plans there. We got kids, so we got to go to Great Wolf Lodge and go into the lodge. Yeah, I've been there a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you go home without going there without having that song stuck in your head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, the uh, I want to talk to you about the people that showed up there to race and wa- even watch, which was awesome. But we had so many entries. We had so many people. And it's good that we had a good color commentator, if you will, on the mic. And when he wasn't on there, you could tell that it dropped down a notch, but that's okay. The guy wants to race too, so... Well, yeah, that's true. Everybody should have an opportunity to race, right? But it is better when he's on there because he knows everybody's name. Like, he knows everybody, (laughs) you know, so. Yeah, that helps. Well, what's funny is he... (laughs) And he calls the race, which... A few other people were having different uh, color schemes now. Yeah. (laughs) And he was having to readjust to that. (laughs) Like, if you call a good race, then people get, especially the people watching... With their kids, you know, really get into it. You know, here's a battle between third and fourth. And you before, no one would ever do that. They'd just spit out the numbers. Yeah. So it's nice to see. I know there was nice a few people hear. on the on the driver's stand that weren't in the top three a lot of times in the mains that wanted to kind of know where they were running-wise so they knew who they were close to. Yeah, well, they're, they're doing a whole new setup over there. Well, and that's it, time, right? So. so they're they're kind of going through a whole thing. And that's kind of what I said. You know, give them a, give them a chance to kind of get their, their feet under them because, you know, the club has went through some changes over the last race weekend, this past weekend. So they're, they're going to... I'll tell you what, for the changes that they had to make, uh, it went really well this weekend. Yeah, it's nice to see other people step up too. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's very valuable in the kind of club that the, the Sioux RC Car Club is, right? Is is having members that are willing to do uh, a little bit and yeah. having, you know what I mean, more than four or five that are willing to do it. You know, yeah. if you can get 12, 15 members that are willing to, to all help out. Then you're strong. Oh, you're laughing. It's just like a team. You're laughing. It's a team. Yeah, Absolutely. Just one, one, one or two or three or four or five. So I want to ask you something there, Jim. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't lie to me like you always do. Okay. There's no rum in there, I swear. <laughs> Why were you sandbagging? Well. And don't tell me you weren't because no, I was okay, watching your finger and you were totally <laughs> sandbagging. Here's it. the truth. At the time, I felt like doing it. Not to be mean or anything. I just wanted to keep it close, right? Because the TLR short course truck was on rails. I'm not bragging, but it just was. Now, if if Maverick was in the race, he would have been in front of me. That's just my l- facts of life, <laughs> you know. But he wasn't, so she the short course truck took off. Sure enough, we're right out front, and I could have ran away with it, and I maybe could have lapped some people. But I was like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna slow down here. I'm gonna let second place kind of catch up, you know, and and then make it fun for people watching. Right, a close race. Well, I 
but I always wanted to be out in front. That's just the nature of the beast here. Oh yeah, I seen you turned it on when something would go wrong, and he'd be. Oh out yeah, in front yeah. Of you. Like, you know, you get into some lap, lap traffic there, and and uh, you get bumped, and next thing you know, that guy second, he's now in front. Well, we can't have that. <laughs> that's that's not in the rule book. So get out front, and 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 then all of a sudden, somewhere they didn't count a lap of mine. So now I'm a lap down with a minute to go. I don't know how that happened. Well, then it was full on rocket boosters to lap the field or try to anyway but uh they managed to fix it though yeah which is good but that that was, it was funny because you're like i came in second how did i come in second <laughs> i was in the lead the whole race yeah something, something happened there electronic wise but that's okay oh, situated and it really doesn't matter to me at the end what can you do yeah right really they're just toy cars, as some people say. Yeah, I yeah, know. I I wasn't egging people on or, you know, taking people out or nothing like that. I was just trying to keep it close. No bump and runs. No, 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 nothing like that. It was a fun day to watch everybody race. I I enjoyed, like I said, I I enjoyed it, and I think I've probably said that like what twelve times now. Yeah, yeah. I had fun. I'm really looking forward to this weekend too. Big race down in Saint Ignace. Yeah, that should be a good time. I'm uh, sad I can't go, but we got to go to a vacation. Yeah. Kind of screwed up that scheduling, didn't you? Yeah. Way to go, Jimbo. I know, I know, I know. Oh, and then uh, Sudbury, too. Yeah, the Sudbury guys, those guys came up. I think there was f- three of them this time. And then we three, even had three. some racers come from Massey. Yeah. Who would have thought that? Like, that's a distance to drive even. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Sudbury's far enough. But Massey, you might as well spit on Sudbury because you're there, too. Yeah. Didn't know there was racers in Massey. Yep. But. So it was really cool to see people come up all the way from, from Massey and Sudbury to race with us. That was that was fun. Um, but, yeah, Sudbury's got a bit of a good program to both start here, I think, in May. Yeah, it seems like one race a month, sometimes two there two, yeah. July, yeah. August maybe. So but. I know uh, as a podcast we're definitely going to try and get out there and race a couple times with those guys. Yeah. You know, it's a four-hour drive, but they make the trip. I can't see why we can't either. Go down there and represent the Sioux RC Car Club the best that we can. I'm not saying we're going to win, but we're going to try. Well, I think that's what we do every time we go yeah. anywhere is we try, right? Yeah, we got to try. So, yeah, that's... I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be nice. What else did we do yesterday? We laughed a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had, we had a good time pitting there. I hope nobody got annoyed of us. We were laughing pretty hard for a few times. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's like, what are these clowns doing? Yeah. The wheels have fallen off, folks. The wheels have fallen yeah. off. But I'm that's actually that's fun, funny though. enough. I say the wheels have fallen off. Oh lord. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but that was some of the funniest stuff watching Casey try and keep tires on his two two four. And and I I never asked him what what was the deal with that. I think when he got uh, Rick to make him those foams for his two two four. The wrong rim? The front rim's wrong. It's got the 12 mil, not the 10. And his 224 has the 10. Oh, Lord. Yeah. So it, <laughs> he'd put them on. <laughs> he'd drive for a little while. And because the hex was probably just spinning inside of the other one, it would literally undo the front nut. So he'd land off of a jump, and you'd see the nut go one way and the tire go the other, and the 224 just stop. <laughs> so I, I, I know he has rubber tires for the thing because he ran it. At the last race. Yeah. I don't know. He I just brought the foams and then... I guess he wanted to try them out. I don't know. 
We'll have to ask him. Get the full story. It was pretty funny. Three, four times the nut fell off? Dude, at one point, we were, me and Mike were laughing so hard at one point, I didn't think I was going to be able to finish racing. <laughs> oh, jeez. Because he didn't do it, to do it like once or twice. I think he tried like four or five times to, to run the car. It was just, yeah. Well, what do you want to do now? I don't know. Sorry, I was reading a message from Casey there. I was talking to him about your your situation. What with the and what did he say? Is it on? Do you want me to read it out loud? Yeah, read it out loud. Just keep out the swears, that's all. Actually, no, I'm not going to read it out loud. Why? I, I just don't want to read it over the... Okay. Yeah. Is, it, is it good? It's is, good. Is but it in it's, my favor? Yeah, it's just, yeah. I don't want to get into it. How much is it? Oh, I don't know. I'll ask him. Is he going to bump, bump up the price because I'm uh, getting it? Probably. Oh, man. <laughs> Should have said it was for somebody else. <laughs> yeah, so, I'll give you guys a big wad of cash and you guys can pick that up for me. Yeah, that's not a problem. I think Mike and I are going to try and go down Friday for pay a little bit. Pay the duty on it and everything. I hate duty. I had to go in and pay duty. Do you know it's that like they they convert it? They convert it back to Canadian dollars. So like I went picking up some stuff from my father and it was like 812 or 813 dollars. Do you know what 813 dollars is worth in Canadian? Oh, a little over a thousand dollars. It was 133 dollars in duty to pay on it. Now the good news is my dad paid it, but <laughs> it was like holy. He's bug us. Yeah, sneaky. Try and get you every time. Every time. Cost is 300. Done. Done. You guys are going on Friday? Yeah, I think so. Um, okay, you can tell them you'll have the money Friday. Well, that's what I said. No, I said we're supposed to come down on Friday, so I can get oh, you the and, cash done. And I'll give them the motor, too. We'll figure something out. Motor? Yeah, the 13.5 motor you wanted. Oh, really? Yeah. And he can just give you guys something the gym needs if he wants to do that. Or does he want to wait? Wow, well, I don't know. We're, we're wheeling, <laughs> dealing right on the podcast. Right, right on the podcast. Awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait till we go to a break to do that. Oh, okay. I'm sure everybody's really entertained with hearing me click away on a keyboard and <laughs> <Yeah>. type. <laughs> like, what are they doing? Uh, nothing. We don't have Mike here to make fun of or him to make fun of me, which normally is what happens. Yeah, if Mike was here, I'd have some other things for him too. But well, there you go. Can't say him on the air. Anyway, <laughs> on the side. What have you been working at at home, Jim? Uh. Rock crawler season just around the corner once the snow melts, so kind of gearing up for that. I kind of, you know, I've been taking it easy all winter long, but I got frames to paint, screws to finalize, because I got a lot of titanium screws. I'm going real light on some, and then titanium looks so pretty. But yeah, I'll be there. So I'll have three crawlers. I have one. I have three. That have Actually, if you count the uh, Wraith, one tenth that you just finished the light bars up, which are nuts, like bright, or <laughs> brighter than the sun. Yeah, they are pretty ridiculous. There's three Vanquish light bars, uh, a five inch, and then two one inchers on a three S lipo. They're bright. Right. Yeah, I'm surprised you can't hear them running. <laughs> Gonna melt the plastic. But then again, that's just for nighttime. Which we probably won't do too much of that. I got you, lights what, on. You got lights on that, yep. by the way. Yep. I ended up having to snip off the uh, two of them because I kind of had a wire fall off. Well, it didn't fall off. Kind of broke off too close to the LED. But I want to order another light kit for it too. Mm-hmm. Do uh, like like rock lights for each one of the like in the fenders kind of deal. 
Yeah. Well, I hear you. And too, if we do some uh, night crawl in there, and you need one of them, uh, you know, dollar store head headlight things for your forehead. Oh, I got one, but it's not a dollar store one. Yeah. Because I use it at work all the time. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to go cheap, right? Because you don't want some Sam. You don't want to go. You don't want to go cheap, cheap with those. No. No, because no, I tried using the cheap ones. Yeah, I went through about three in one week. Yeah, we'll make like a Blair Witch video of rock crawling. I'll let, cause I can get snot coming out my nose like nobody's business. <laughs> <laughs> so can Mike. <laughs> yeah. But I'd, I'd like to do that. Never did that kind of the night run thing. You know that trail we always do, but do it at night. And there, there's some spots in there I think would be just scary. Considering it's the bush. Yeah. Yeah. And there are there are bears up there. I'm not scared of bears, but I am scared of bears. I only got to be able to run faster than you. And That's then it. Mike. I think I can outrun Mike. <laughs> if I can't, holy man. <laughs> That's true. Well, after the 10 yarding, I'm going to take him out of the knee. You know, it's funny <laughs> you say that running from a bear. I watched uh, the movie Without a Paddle. Yeah. Like <laughs> two weeks ago. Yeah. And when the bear comes, the one uh, the one guy there, the one character, he's taking off his shoes. He goes, what are you doing? Taking off my shoes. Why are you doing that? Because I run faster. What do you mean you run faster? Or, well, I can't remember how it goes, but that's what they go into. He's like, I only got to be able to run faster than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But no, I, I can't wait for rock crawling. And then the high wall of the trail that we usually do, mm-hmm. hit that again. Yeah. Though in the springtime, it's always, uh, you can't hear nothing because that water rushing. Like where, where we run, there's a, it's a canyon, and the water goes right through this canyon. And on one side, it's really sweet, very scale rocks. Yep. But in the springtime, the water is just <laughs> like thunder. You can't, you can't even talk. So, Well, if, you're, if your truck or your buggy that fell off of the cliff last year were to fall... We're in, in the spring, it's gone. It, it's gone, yeah, because that's all underwater, about five feet. Anyway, I did a 15-foot uh, drop there, at least 15 feet. Ten for sure. Broke the uh, skid plate. And that was it, which I'm lucky it landed on its wheels, because if it would have landed on something else, oh, my God. Yeah, it was a pretty rough one. Yeah, and you just it was like slow-mo. Well, you want to you want to try and catch it, but then it's like, well, wait a minute. If I dive to catch it, I'm probably going with it, and I don't well, know. I how was well trying it... to throttle out of it, turn, and you know. I, I, th- could... I think we both had one of those instances, though, being being out there crawling, where it's like everything's going good, everything's going good, and then you look and you go, "Oh, this is going bad, well, really I always, bad." I always did that section that was right on, of course, it's right outside of a cliff. I always did that section with my Berg, which was uh, two two motors, like one on the axle, right. Mm-hmm. So I could control it better. I knew what it was going to do. Of course, I thought I could do that with my... This whole one motor thing doesn't work yeah, for you so no. well, does it? No. A little torque twist, and sure enough, she torqued and she twisted the wrong I, way. I think for me, I want to try starting to work on like a, a 2-2 platform, like a scaler, yeah. but on a 2-2 platform instead. I don't know how well that's going to work out, but that's what I want to do. Kind of yeah. based it off of like a Wraith kind of idea off Wraith axles and well, have a, a custom a, chassis done. And if you get a Wraith, get, get the spawn. It's got the new, the newish stuff. The newish stuff? Newish. I'll have to ask Tim about that. Yep. Drive, drive line, like, like axles and that. Just the screws. They, they go in deeper. That. It is nice looking. I know, uh, actually here, I want to show you. Like you don't have to like, I don't like the body on the spawn, but, but a body, you can change that up. Why don't you like the, uh, body? Well, it's, it's generic. It's not a 
Ford. It's just a blah. <laughs> it kind of looks like a Ford. You know what I'm getting at? But it's not. Yeah, I hear what you're saying there. Hang on, let me see if I can find it here for you. Yeah, see this video he put up over here. This is entertaining, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. We'll have to edit that out. Yeah, a little bit. Well, of that's I always I always cut out the dead air, the millions of dead air. You ready for it? I'm ready. What would monster truck guys do with their wraith? Why cyclones, of course. <laughs> I think my cyclone was better in the bush there up at Hiawatha with the. Well, Yeti. you had the Yeti. That's a that's a wraith that he did that with. Same 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 width. I know. I thought it was cool. I I, I think I I had a whole two minutes there of just straight up cyclones. Yeah, I remember that. That was I just walked what, away. What is it about doing that with those? That's so much fun. It is. It's just <laughs> remember how that dirt that was there it was so smooth. <laughs> Oh, let's do it again. <laughs> put her in the ground, I say. Put her in the ground? Yeah. Man, good times. I wouldn't want to put it in the ground. That's that's a lot of uh, time and energy oh, yeah, you put in that thing, man. a lot of money there. And then the thing, too, with the light bar, I'm, 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 a, I'm afraid <sighs> when I give that to my son and he tramps it like he usually does, <laughs> or my daughter, that light bar is going to be a road rashed. And then if I take it off, the Vanquish mounts there they're still sticking up so those are going to get worn right off too even if i unscrew the light bar then if i unscrew the light bar how you have it wired in it just got to stay on now and good luck with that i know because i put it then that i i put it in there nice and tight it's in there yeah tight like a toyga oh look at that ty testman out testing out the outdoor track again oh look at that well i can't wait for the outdoor season we're where I live, uh, there's a track in the backyard that the tubing was donated from the RC Car Club. Yeah. Which anyone is welcome to come from the Sioux RC area. Yep. I've always said that. But then nobody shows up. Don't know why. I got a clay track in the it's backyard. a little it's hidden gem. It is. It's my kind of, it's my baby. But people are more than welcome. Oh, and Jim's always nice about anybody that wants to come and run. Yeah, I want to talk about something actually. Uh, Let's do it. A good fan of ours, Lewis from the UK. Uh, I believe he started a new community page on Facebook called UKRC Racing. Um, so if you're looking for, if you're one of those people that just like being part of pages to you know kind of get a different perspective on RC and stuff like that, make sure you guys go check it out. Uh, obviously, you know that's uh, it's kind of cool. He's only got 37 likes, so let's try and uh, you know pump it up a little bit more. Get it uh, a little more inflated. Not like we have that many. I think we have 251. And that also leads me into when we hit 300, I'm going to have another giveaway. What are you giving away? Like as if I'm going to tell them. Come on. No. they want to like. I want them to like the page not knowing what the giveaway <laughs> is. It could it, it could be for all they know. New like Ferrari. <laughs> and it could be like a set of used tires. No, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we'll have a giveaway at 300 likes. Um, not quite 100% sure what it's going to be yet. Uh, whatever it is, it's also going to be accompanied by an MBM podcast shirt. Nice. Because um, we had those made, of course, by our good friend Edwin Hartman over at Dutch Oven Designs. If you need shirts made, <clears throat> especially RC ones, so, you know, with the logos and stuff like that, that, you know, stuff you like, uh, get, look them up on Facebook as well. I know I'm doing a little few plugs here, but I figure I should get those in and out of the way. 
But I figure what we'll do then is uh, we'll take a little uh, little breaky poo. Come back with the Drake. <clears throat> and then we'll come back and uh, speak with uh, Adam Drake. Sweet. Which I think that's... I can't say it's going to be quite an interview. No, it's just... Questions. It's just going to be chatting. Yeah. You know, seeing how things have been going with him since he's been with Mugen. And I'm going to play... Uh, I, th- I think he's been asked every, you know, hard question there is. Yeah, so pretty much. Of it. Yeah, I, I think we're going to do the... Uh, MBM style. We're going to do an MBM style uh, word association game. There you go. <laughs> we'll be back after this break. Where's the pause button? Oh, right there. Are you looking for a custom t-shirt, hoodie, pit mat, or even custom vinyl for your house or home? Look no further than Dutch Oven Designs. They take pride in giving you the highest amount of detail in your design that is possible. All this while offering their products at a reasonable cost. Dutch Oven Designs. Quality is just a standard for them. Okay. Oh, that was a quick one out of that. Oops. We're back from our little break there. Um, on the phone with us is the Adam Drake. And before we talk to What's Adam, guys? before we talk to him though, Jim, how do you feel right now? I'm losing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hi Adam. I'm Jim. By the way, I I can't get over that he just called you. <laughs> I'm having issues with Why it because you're like the <laughs> raddest dude in the world. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to call Adam Drake. I'm like, oh, okay. That's funny. <laughs> I don't know. I put you up on a pedestal, so. You're, well, I appreciate you're, that. You're probably normal, but to me, you're you know you're you're up here. Well, thank you. But yeah, I'm pretty normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the beauty part about Adam. In the conversations that I've had with him prior to us talking to him tonight. You know, I've talked to him a few times with Tim Smith on on the TSR Speed Shop podcast, and and I can't get over it. Every time we talk to this guy, it's just like he's such just a cool dude. He's just a dude, like you know. I don't know. You, you'll get past it, Jim. You'll get past it. I'll get past it. So, Adam, how did you do this weekend at the JBRL race? Because I couldn't find anything online, and it just must just me being inept to find anything. Um, I finished third in nitro buggy and nitro truck and second in electric buggy. Um, I had really, really good races with Carson Warnemoth Moeller and both, both truck and nitro buggy, uh, pretty much came right down to the wire in both of those classes. And, um, but I ended up third. That's nice. nice. Yeah, that's good to see though. So obviously things are getting a lot more uh, comfortable for you than I guess with the, the Mugen cars. Yeah, I mean, every race, you know, is you're, you're learning. Um, I mean, even with vehicles that you've been running for a long time, different conditions, you kind of learn, you know, learn new stuff at every race. But uh, it's it's been good. I, I'm definitely making a lot of progress and getting more and more comfortable with the cars and um, as well as a new radio and other things like that that I've had to change along the way. What uh, radio did you change to, if you don't mind me asking? I use the high-tech links for us. Nice. Yeah, I seen the pictures on his Facebook there uh, when he was posting up a few of them, and I'd seen that it switched. Because I, I believe you were using Airtronics prior to that, was it? Uh, no, I used the Spectrum radio Spectrum, before sorry. that, uh, and then before that, I used Airtronics. I was close. Time. I was close. I was close. <laughs> so, so it's it's taking time to get used to the, the to the controller, or 
Um, I know. I mean, just just in general, there's just been you know a number of changes over the last couple months, and all of them. Uh, I don't know. Take take a little bit of just you know getting comfortable with and gaining your confidence, whether it's the car or fuel or radio. Um, but overall, I think the transition's been pretty smooth and and uh, you know getting better every every time out. In uh, in your years of racing here, is this the best? car or truggy that you've ever driven in um you know I, I mean i'm super happy with the cars again i'm i'm still learning and um you know having to kind of figure out and see their true potential um so it's it's difficult to say i mean i'm super happy with them again for just having you know two months or a month and a half with the cars um you know, I'm I'm really happy to be right there and be competitive at the at the major races. But I think that I'll I'll learn even more and and be able to not just for myself but for the customers be able to make the product even better yet. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm definitely excited for what the future holds. You probably don't want to say, but what's the one thing that you would change first? You don't have to go into detail, but what's that? Uh... Is it chassis shock? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I'm prying a bit. <laughs> Probably get you in trouble. Or you don't even um, have to say at all. It's you up know, to you. I mean, as far as like on the platform, what what I would change or yeah, yeah. Um, no, I th- I mean, I think more than anything right now, like I said, it's just more of learning the tools that I've got. Uh-huh. Um, you know, because there's there's quite a few differences between the Mugen vehicles and the TLR vehicles. And I ran the TLR stuff for so long that yeah. I kind of knew, you know, exactly the direction I needed to go as conditions changed. Um, so with the Mugen stuff, I, I don't know. I'm it's, it's really exciting and it's, it's also new to me, but I, there's not really anything that stands out that I would say, you know, hey, this needs to be changed or needs to be different because I'm um, I'm still kind of you know learning about everything on the vehicles. So so now that you have this new this new ride, has it brought something back that you were missing before? Like uh, you know, bigger smile, you know, if you will. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's. I mean, I, I had a lot of great years with with Horizon and TLR, and a lot of fun with. Um, you know, the team and, and so many of the, the great people that I've met along the way, but it's, it's also, you know, really cool and refreshing to, you know, I guess kind of start fresh mm-hmm. and a, a part of that or what's made it pretty easy and exciting for me is just the guys that I'm working with in the office, at least Chris Moore and Tim Long and Robbie Collins are are guys that I've known for a long time and, you know, not directly worked with. I mean, I, I did for a stint there with Tim Long because he traveled quite a bit and helped, uh, you know, pit for me at a lot of the races. So that's, even though it's like new and, and stuff like that, it's, it kind of feels like home, you know, even though it hasn't been, been very long, they've, they've definitely helped make the transition super smooth and, and, uh, you know, looking forward to the future. 
Awesome. I, I have one more question here. Matt's trying to jump in, but I'm like, nah, I got Adam Drake here. I'm going to talk to him. There I was, get to talk to him all the time. It's okay. <laughs> there was a young guy at our last race that we were at here on Sunday, and and I said, yeah, we're going to be talking to Adam Drake. And he said, oh, I wonder how he gets to the race. But I'm going to add a little something to that for him. Uh, you have a race, say, on Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Take us on Wednesday. What's how do you prepare for the race and talk right through to how you get there? You rent the car, you fly in. How, how does it work? Um, you know, it's a race that I travel to. Like, for example, I leave tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night to go to the Philippines, the Philippine Masters. Um, and just kind of travel. He's driving again. Uh, Adam, you still there? He's driving. A hundred bucks says he's driving. Probably on the same stretch of road that the last time Tim and I talked to him too. Watch, we're gonna drop the call. I can edit it out. It's all good. He was just about to give us the golden goose right there. Here, here's the best part. So it's probably gonna drop the call. Oh, Adam. Oh, yep, I'm here. Okay, we lost you for a sec. Are you driving again? Yeah, I'm always <laughs> on the road, multitasking. I Matt, called it. Matt guessed it right. He goes, he's probably driving. Okay, just go. We yeah. kind of lost you right when you started talking about that you're getting ready to go to the Philippines. So if maybe you just want to pick up there, and I'll edit it back together. Yeah. Okay. So, like, uh, you know, I just got done with JBRL on Saturday, and then uh, I leave tomorrow night, so Tuesday night, to go to the Philippines. And then even when I come home, I'm only home for, like, two days, and then I go to Georgia. So... For example, like the stretch of races that I have right now, um, finished JBRL super late on Saturday. Uh, Sunday just kind of cleaned up the trailer and organized, you know, a bunch of my stuff. Uh, didn't really do a whole lot of wrenching yesterday. Uh, just kind of cleaned up my e-buggy so that I could ship that out for uh, Psycho Nitro Blast. Um, and then I was in the office all day today. Tomorrow, I will work from home in the morning and then uh, in the afternoon kind of prepare and get, get my truggy and buggy ready to head off to the Philippines. And with this race, it's kind of nice because I don't need to rent a car or anything like that. Everything will kind of be taken care of for me when I get there and, um, you know, have someone to kind of take me around for the week. And uh, we'll get in or I get in super early thursday morning uh because of the time change and probably go to the hotel take a shower uh maybe take a little bit of a nap and uh head to the track for practice thursday friday and uh qualifying starts saturday and then mains are on sunday sunday night i fly home Whew. man <laughs> you are a busy man yep yeah, it's, uh, you know it's I wouldn't trade it for anything. I mean, it's it's awesome to be able to travel all around and meet so many people and and do what you love to do. Um, but it's it's not as I guess spectacular, glamorous as uh, you know a lot of people maybe their perception is. Because um, for me, it'll pretty much be like my parents ask me all the time, you know, well, how was this place or 
how was that place? And it's like, I can tell you how the track was in the hotel because that's, <laughs> that's pretty much all I saw while, while I was there. <laughs> so, Adam, I want to ask you a couple questions because obviously you travel a lot and you fly obviously all over the United States a lot of times. Um, me personally here in, in two weeks, literally two weeks to the day, hour, I'll be sitting in Las Vegas. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm bringing my four-wheel drive buggy with me. And, of course, we're going with a group of friends, and all my friends keep saying to my wife, you're letting him bring an RC car to Las Vegas? I'm like, are you guys for real? Like, RC is my <laughs> hobby of choice. Like, what do you guys want to yeah. do? Well, we want to go see the Grand Canyon. I'm like, okay, well, you can't go see the Grand Canyon. Well, why not? I'm like, well, that's like telling me I can't go run my RC car. Why not? Right? Yeah. So with flying and everything like that, I think I've got it all covered because I've called, you know, the TSA and all that stuff to try and make sure and everything like that. But it's pretty common practice for you guys to, like, carry on your your radio and your batteries a lot of times, right? Yeah, I always carry my two vehicles and my transmitter with me. That way, if luggage gets lost, at least I have, you know, the the two primary vehicles that I'm going to race. Um, and I, I pretty much keep them fully intact. I know some people pull engines out or batteries or things like that, but I keep the cars fully intact. Um, just obviously got to make sure everything's clean, that there's no fuel in the tanks, things like that. Um, and, uh, you know, I just bring them in my carry on. Yeah. Cause see, that's what I was planning on doing my carry on. I got one of those, uh, AKA backpacks and, like they say, you can mm-hmm. fit an 8-scale eight buggy in it. Well, I'm only bringing my 10-scale buggy, so I figure I can get it in there with my batteries and a little, you know, LiPo-safe bag and my transmitter I'm going to have in a Protec case. And I already talked to Jason Snyder. He's like, yeah, it fits in the overhead. You're good there. So it's like I've been trying to cover all my bases because the last thing I want to do is show up at the, the airport and go, oh, I guess I'm leaving it in the truck for the week. So Yeah, the only thing that I'm not 100% sure on is just the – the batteries in a lipo sack because i think i think the regulations are it's like one battery per device whether it's you know an rc car or a phone or whatever and then one replacement so that would be something i would maybe check on i don't know if you could carry multiple batteries on the plane with you just in a lipo sack well so what i looked in here here's funny enough hear me here hear this i'm going to tell adam something that i learned uh in all the research that i did basically laptop batteries because they end up being so big a lot of times um mm-hmm. it, it's it's the watt hours so as long as the batteries are under i believe it's 100 watt hours and because i'm bringing yeah. saddles with me so the it's only counting as one cell so you know what i mean 4.2 volts at most, but they, they're they 3.7 in the book, right? So they do it based off the 3.7 situation. They end up being, I think, like 24-some-odd watt-hours per cell, and there's no limit as long as they're under 100 watt-hours. If they're over, you're only allowed to have one and a spare. Well, gotcha. Yeah. You learn something every day. Look at that. I just <laughs> I just gave Adam Drake information. What do you think of that, Jim? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> He's probably rolling his eyes right now. We don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, no, that's awesome. So, obviously, uh, you know, good luck with this coming weekend, and congratulations on this past weekend. You know, I was when I seen a couple of the pictures come up from JBRL there with you holding some of those plaques, it was like, you know, it's happening. It's happening for him. Yeah, it's it's, like I said, it's going good. It's, it's, you know, still a, a work in progress, but I think 
even if, you know, I was running the same brand cars as before. It's, uh, you know, you can't win them all, and that's why we all show up and race. And, um, you know, I was happy to, to start off the series, you know, being right there and being in contention and battling for the, the win in, in all the classes. So, um, you know, excited for that. Yeah, that's awesome. So I want to ask you about the Neo race. Um, I'm sure you've heard some of the little bit of the scuttlebutt about the whole uh, tire cleaning, solvent spraying situation. Like, do you, do you got a, a a view on that at all? You know, it's it's always been a problem. I think at any indoor race, um, it's it's. I don't I don't know why this year it was. Um, you know, in the media so much bigger than in years past, but not just the Neo, but, but it has been an issue even at the Neo in years past where, you know, speculation of some guys saucing and others not even a couple of years ago, someone being caught saucing and his tires were, were taken from him and, and things like that. Um, I don't know. I think just with social media and, so many people, um, I guess, being frustrated because they were, I guess, kind of out of the loop on what the rules were. Um, you know, that's more why they were upset than because people were actually saucing. It was more of just not knowing what was going on and then finding out guys around you have been saucing all week and, you know, they didn't find out until right before the mains and, you know, the organizers told them, oh, yeah, it's okay. As long as, you know, we don't see it, go ahead and do it. Um, but I don't know. I think I think the way that, like, kind of the, the saucing is done for the Reedy race is, is pretty spot on where they have a handout sauce, they have a designated saucing area. Um, that way you don't have people sneaking around with all these different chemicals and and things like that. It's it's actually something I brought up to Phil at Neo Buggy a couple of years ago. Um, they supposedly had this machine that um, could sense um, if a tire was soft, similar to what they use for go-kart racing. And uh, I don't know if he truly did have that machine or not, but um, I just kind of explained to him, like, by by not allowing people to sauce, you're just kind of forcing people to be a better cheater, I guess. Um, where I think if you take the steps to... Because it's not something that you can... There isn't some just set machine that can say, hey, this tire passes and, and the next one doesn't. Um, you know, people will say, oh, they're using a cleaner or... Um, no, that's just how the tire smells. And there's no real cut and dry way to enforce it. So I think you're better off for an event like that, allowing it, but doing it in a controlled environment and just letting everyone know up front exactly, you know, how the rules are going to work. Right. Yeah. Well, and that, yeah, you went full circle on that. Cause I was going to ask you kind of what your thought was, should they allow it or control it or, and I kind of agree with you on that. I think if they do it a lot like how the Reedy race did it, where it's a controlled area, yeah. it's a controlled sauce, and a controlled application method or whatever, you know what I mean? I, I think. Yeah. I mean, I I would prefer to not have it at all, but if you can't 
police it or enforce it, um, then I think you kind of have to allow it, but, you know, take some steps to try to make it safer and uh, just so guys aren't doing it, you know, in their hotel rooms or at the Neo race, a lot of people stay in the dorms right there. Because the last thing you want to do is have someone spill a bottle of sauce or something, and then next thing you know, next year, you know, the college isn't willing to to allow people to stay in the dorms. So yeah, because that, that I think that college is big about uh, like agricultural stuff, right? Correct. That's yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's what I thought the big beef was. Part of the big beef was for a lot of people is that you know I don't think they wanted that happening. I want to play a little yeah. game with you, Adam, if you're up for it. Okay. Um, well, I need to explain the game first. <laughs> <laughs> we did this uh, back with Ryan Lutz, and it was kind of fun because he was honest. Um, and if you don't want to and you're uncomfortable, it's fine. It's kind of I call it the name association game. So I give you a name <laughs> off. You get people in trouble. <laughs> so I give you a name off the top 25 list of an RC, and you give me the first word that comes to your mouth. Like I said, if you don't want to play it, it's cool. I'll edit it right out. Okay. Are you down? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I'm only going to give you about, we'll do five to ten. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Okay. I'm going to start off here. Uh, Josh Wheeler. Um, just all around awesome guy. I know it's supposed to be one word. That's okay. No, no, no. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Let's go with uh, Cody King. Kool-Aid. Uh, Dakota Fend. Phenom. Ryan Mayfield. Grit. Ty Tessman. Champion. Ryan Cavalieri. Yeah, he's champion too, but I don't want to use same same word for him. Um, I guess Pudge. <laughs> And we'll go with uh, two more. Jared Tebow. No comment. Oh. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you might need to edit that one. <laughs> no, you can't get any better. I can actually, the last one, and then I'll tell you the story. Uh, Ryan Lutz. Uh, just all around good guy. Okay. So, we did this game with Ryan, and uh, you were very polite on a lot of them. But he wasn't afraid to, to pull any punches. He, he And I'll repeat them because I really don't care because if these guys don't like me, it's not going to end my world at all. But uh, he called uh, Cavalieri and Tebow. What did he call them again, Jim? What did he probably crybabies. Crybabies, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Crybabies or whiners, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I'm actually like, I'm actually, I, I shouldn't say like super close, but like good friends with Cavalieri. I, I, you know, he was kind of came through the ranks through through Losi and we traveled a lot together and mm-hmm. um i know a other side of ryan from what a lot of other people people don't like a, a lot of people's perception or when you see him at the races i would agree and you know it's he can he can cry or be a whiner but i also know deep down he's a good person and puts in a lot of hard work and effort and i have a lot of respect for him yeah well and, and again at the end of the day this is it's a game, you know. You know, it's yep. it's. 
don't take anything too seriously if you're listening to this and you happen to be one of those guys. That's all. <laughs> it's, it's just jokes. They man. did a similar thing with Richard Saxton. Uh, it's been quite a few years now, but they did uh, basically the exact same thing. And when they mentioned my name, um, he said it's overrated. Oh, nice. Well, what I'm hoping to do is I'm hoping to have him on here in the near future, and I'm going to play the little sound clip from Lutz calling him a whiner and say, okay, so what's your opinion? I'm going to start stirring the pot. People are going to hate each other up on that driver's stand even more than they do now. Lutz have any other good ones? Uh, He was very open. I kind of wish I would have had them pulled up to, to go back to. He was... Yeah, they're... It was a while ago, so he was very cut and dry about them. Like he he would he pulled no punches, and I was kind of I, I very quickly realized that he don't care what everybody yeah, else thinks he about he him. Didn't hesitate either. It was like bam, yeah, bam, yeah. bam. <laughs> well, and that's that's what's been so cool for for us. I think doing this podcast and this whole journey we've been on is just you know getting to to talk to all these guys and. You know, some guys we just do the basic, you know, tell us about your history, that kind of stuff. And then other guys we get into it a little bit more. And I think it's it's about a lot more about familiarity with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, it's just like I said, it's too cool. It's too cool. Like I text message Adam. Hey, Adam, I screwed up. I forgot to remind you like two days ago I wanted to have you on tonight. Are you still good? Like. <laughs> yeah, I just got stuck. I was, we were having a meeting and it ran a little long so but, oh yeah well uh, glad i can make it like i said no worries on our end it's we could have done something different and rescheduled for another time it was cool we appreciated having you on and you know like i've said to pretty much everybody else on, on the podcast with it before it's always the door's always open um obviously you know you know tim very well and uh yeah. you know you're more than welcome to reach out to me uh or get a hold of tim you know what i mean we can kind of do a thing between both podcasts and it still blows my mind. Tim found me through my podcast. Like, yeah, that's yeah, and, and you know, same same for my end. If you guys ever just need to fill a spot, or you know, think of something else, or something comes up, uh, you know, I enjoy doing it. So, yeah has Anytime. has has Tim played you his little uh, song he made for you? Um, did he make something different other than what was um, on the actual? podcast we did no no yeah i no i i heard the the whole podcast i saw the or listened to the video or not video the song yeah it, it was funny you know it jim i want to tell you this so uh back when tim had adam on mm-hmm. uh, on one, the one episode i believe he asked uh adam what he wanted for like an opening song and a closing song and it was too funny so adam gave it to him and i, I was it a chris brown song yeah. So Tim sends it to me. He's like, have you heard this song? And I'm like, yeah, why? He goes, holy vulgarity. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I started laughing. I'm like, Tim, I'm like, you're really starting to show your age, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he texts me back a few times, like, just to make sure, like, so this is really the one? Uh, and then what, he listened to it, and he was like, that's a pretty interesting song. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Well, hey, you're on an episode where we featured a song from Miley Cyrus. Yes. yes our, oh, are. nice. Our, our third, uh, our third wheel. I shouldn't even call him our third wheel. <laughs> our third wheel. <laughs> wow. Our uh, our buddy Mike uh, couldn't make it tonight because he's uh, unfortunately a little under the weather, and uh, we call him 
a number of nicknames. We call them Gorilla Grip, uh, the Stove, the Stove, uh, Wrecking Ball. Uh, that's our favorite one for yeah. him as of late. So I actually played a little bit of Miley Cyrus's Wrecking Ball because. Which is sad. Like yesterday when we were racing, I I started humming a few bars of it, and then I caught myself. Oh my goodness! Oh my lord! Well, have you ever seen the video on YouTube of the like the construction work on a wrecking ball? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of where I get it from. So when I sing it, I do it kind of in the same cadence that that guy does it. Yeah. <laughs> same tone, anyway. Well, Adam, I'm going to ask you to do me one more favor because I love getting them and putting them together. If you could give me, you know, uh, I'm Drad- um, bleh, 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 bleh. I can't spoke. Uh, I'm Adam Drake, uh, and you're listening to the MBM podcast. A uh, little sound deal that I'll edit out and put in with the rest of them. MBM. Yeah, MBM podcast. Yep. Hi, I'm Adam Drake, and you're listening to the MBM podcast. Oh, I love it. Perfect. I love it. I think we probably talked to an old friend of yours, Frank Root. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we had a little chat with him earlier. Nice. Trying to make them a little shorter and maybe what's do Frank, two. What's Frank have going on? Uh, busy. He, he He's busy, but he couldn't say what he was working on. He was all hush-hush. Yeah. Come on, Adam. I'm sure you remember the go-to saying for, for Horizon TLR. Uh, yeah, I could repeat it probably word for word, just like Frank. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We get but, it. But I mean, that's that's pretty common, you know. Anywhere you go, it's not like you're going to walk up to someone who works at Apple and they're going to tell you the features of the next phone or whatever. You know, it's, it's kind of a tough deal because you want to, you know, let your customers and let people know what what's going on, but you also have to, you know, make sure shops and people with your current product are able to still sell it. Yeah. Yeah. And and not get stuck with it. So it's kind of a fine line you have to walk yeah no i totally agree with you in that I, i'm trust me i'm i'm positive techno's up to something with their eight scale buggy because those those things are you can't find them anywhere uh. yeah yeah it's it's i don't know that's what's i think so cool about the industry though it's you know everyone's you know always thrashing and it's you're racing so you're always trying to improve what you've got and even though you you maybe just came out with something new you're still trying to make little tweaks or find out, you know, how you can make gains and, and make it even better. So just because something's new, it doesn't mean that the, the testing or development stops. It's, uh, you know, you got to keep, keep pushing on. Yeah, for sure. True. Actually, one last quick question. Do you, do you race a lot of 10 scale? Like does Mugen have a 10 scale line? Forgive me for being ignorant. I really don't know what Mugen has for a line of, of vehicles. No, they don't have anything uh, 10 scale uh, electric related. Uh, they have a 10 scale sedan, um, nitro powered sedan. Uh, my background, like many, many years ago, was uh, all 10 scale electric. Um, and then I, for a while, I did both uh, electric and nitro. And uh, every now and then I still would, would dabble, or I did a little bit of testing on the 10 scale side, but very little. Um, and that's something that a lot of people have asked and you know once once things i kind of settle into my new role more and um you know there's there's a possibility that that i will do a little bit of 10 scale racing in the future but right now my my focus is 100 percent to to mugen and and you know the other companies that i i work for and run for um on the eight scale side and uh but i wouldn't mind doing 10 scale again in the future oh that's cool 
Well, if you ever do the 10 scale stuff and you're up in the in Michigan or whatever, just uh, hit me up because Michigan is it's big enough of a state, but I can pretty much get to anywhere in Michigan within I think six and a half hours. So yeah, yeah, that's where I was born. I live I've lived in Michigan most of my life. Oh yeah, I keep I forgot that. Yeah, he's forgot that, he's told you? that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an arsehole. I know. So Adam, go ahead and uh, give your sponsors all a, a shout out because uh, obviously you know you took some time out to talk to us. So obviously let's uh, give them a thanks. Obviously for giving you the the position you're in. Well, first off, just you know, thanks to you guys for for doing this. It's always cool to get on and chat with you guys. And uh, you know, as far as sponsors go, Megan Seeky Racing. Novarossi, ProLine, Hitech, Tekin, uh, A-Main, ProTech, Competition Heat, and ProMotion T-shirts. Look at that. Awesome. That's all of them. Again, Adam, thanks a lot, buddy. I'm going to let you go get back to uh, your your drive. <laughs> and, uh, all right. Sounds good, guys. Again, good luck in the, the Philippines there this coming week. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, for sure. Take it easy, man. Ciao. All right. See ya. Bye. Bye. And there it is. We talked to Adam Drake. Still blows my mind. We talked to Frank Root. My God, isn't that wild? I think that's it. Do you got anything, Jim? I'm good. I think we covered everything. All right. Well, we'll just run through the list of supporters for the NBN podcast. Of course, a uh, shout out to everybody who's listening. You guys are obviously the most important people to us. This is the reason why we sit down um, and do these podcasts. Another bit of good news for you guys is. Uh, pretty much coming up after our last race in May, uh, we will be doing this hopefully on a bi-weekly basis. Through the summer, they might be a little shorter, um, but we're going to keep up on it. Every two weeks, we're going to give you guys something to listen to, and we're going to try and stick to that schedule from that point going forward. So um, make it a little more common. I know over the last couple of months, it's been a little different because just with the race schedule and stuff like that. So we'll be bringing you more of that. We want to obviously take a moment to thank Dutch Oven Designs, for their support and obviously the awesome shirts they made for us. Uh, who else do we want to thank here? I'm thinking. I'm, I'm drawing a complete blank. I want to thank MKS Servos. There you go. Uh, Thomas has been more than amazing to me, um, and I really feel that switching my buggies over to them have made them as potent and as, as good as they've been. Uh, whether or not that's the absolute truth, I'm convinced of it because things just got better after I put those servos in, and to me that makes a big difference for me. And then, of course, uh, thanks to Team Associated, TLR, uh, SMC, Tekin, AKA, J Concepts, what, pretty much any brand that's, that's out there. <laughs> that's pretty much it. You know, like, uh, you guys are awesome because you develop all this stuff. You put your time and effort into this stuff and give it, make it so we can have it, you know. And without it, we wouldn't be racing. Nope. We wouldn't be doing a podcast. Thanks to Behringer. Why do I thank Behringer? Because that's what we're talking on. Behringer microphones and a mixing board. Thanks to HP. <laughs> that's my laptop. <laughs> Just tell me shut up. And you're done. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's uh, that's it for the MBM podcast this episode. I missed Mike. I'm not going to lie. I really did. But uh, I'm sure he'll be back for the next one. We're going to be back oh, next yeah. week for another one. True. I don't know who we're going to have on yet. Uh, I'm supposed to. Uh, we're supposed to chat with Cavalieri, but I haven't heard back from him to to firm up information. But we'll see who we talk to next week. So stay tuned. And uh, we're off like our turtles. See you guys.
we chained our hearts in vain we jumped never asking why we kissed i fell under your spell of love no one could deny don't you ever say i just walked away i will always want you